Hey, Circus Boss, Circus Bosses, how's it going? Today we're going to talk about do you need a client's budget? Like, do you need to know your client's budget? How do you ask for your client's budget? And what do you do if you can't get your client's budget? Because that's an area that I've seen people get caught up and not be able to move forward with the process until they know their client's budget. So that's what we're going to talk about today. What's up, American Circus Educators? Thanks for joining us live again. What's up, DJ Brockstar in the house? Brock is in the chat. Um, thank you for joining live. What's up, Katie Betts? Good to see you here. So we're talking about do you need a client's budget? Um, this comes up a lot, of course, when you're in the quoting process, specifically for entertainment at events. But a lot of what I'm going to say you can apply to any any type of business, really. But, you know, I'm coming from the background of quoting entertainment for events. Um, what's up, Homestead? Circus Productions in the house. Hey, Alleycast76. Is it Ally or Ally? Um, thanks. thanks for being here, y'all. So this is another informal live where I'm just going to be sharing. Oh, what's up, Diana? Diana from CircX. We just finished recording an awesome podcast episode today. So can't wait to share that. Um, hey, hey, Allison. Okay, Allison cast 76. Good to see you here, Allison. Good to see you here, Diana, everyone in the house. So we're talking about do you need to know a client's budget um, when you're in that that pitching phase for entertainment. So, oh, Allison, you edit for Shannon McKenna. So we've already worked together. I loved being a guest on the Artist Athlete podcast. And then we did a crossover where I got to play it on our podcast as well. So nice to meet you, Allison. So I'm going to dive right in. But if you have questions as we're going live, feel free to drop them in the chat. I'm trying to get better at engaging with you all when you show up live. I love when you're here live. If you watched um, Snarky Spice, what's up? You inspired today's uh, IG Live. You inspired the topic. So thanks for being here live. And if you're watching on the replay, you can also ask questions in the replay. Um, and I'll try to get to those too. And if you notice, I've got a microphone in front of me. This is not for my iPhone. This is not for the IG Live. It's because I record these now and I drop them onto the Circus Boss podcast too. So if you miss us live or if you want to listen to it again, feel free to check out the Circus Boss podcast on your favorite podcast app and you can catch the replay of our IG lives. So I'm kind of multitasking here, recording on one and going live with you here on another. Someday I might try to stream live to Facebook at the same time, but that feels like too many cameras. So anyways, y'all are here live. I'm going to go ahead and dive in. So I've got four questions I'm going to throw you my answers for and again, um, add your questions as we go if you have them. But the first is like, why would you ask for a client's budget? So the first thing I want to start with is what I don't want you to do, what I really, really advocate to not do. Hey, Candistor3. Candistor3, did I say that right? <laughs> Thanks for joining us live. What I don't want you to do is ask a client what their budget is and then base your pricing off of what they say. So the reason I don't advocate for that is because entertainment is hard to place a value on already as it is. And people try to finagle us and negotiate our rates down because we love what we do, right? So I do think having set established rates for what you do 
is important. So when we're talking about asking for your client's budget, it's not because you're going to change your pricing based on what they can afford. It's more about you can explain to them, well, I have a lot of offerings and I want to make sure that what I present to you is going to be within your, your budget range, right? So it's helping you know what to present to your client as an option. Um, and I'll share a little pro tip on this that I really like presenting three package options. Even if you only do three things, you can combine them in different ways. At least one of those packages that you present to your client should be above their stated budget because you might get them so excited about what you're doing that all of a sudden they find more money somewhere else in the pot. So you can definitely share something above what they state. I had that happen all the time where people would book above what they stated their price range was. Um, so hey, Luna Acro Ariel, thanks for joining us. Um, also last week, on my IG Live, I also talked about instances where you might want to have different rates. So be sure to give that a listen if you didn't get to listen into that yet. Um, because in addition to even before you're asking about a budget, you want to try to get a sense of what type of event it is so you can figure out what which of your rates and offerings is the best fit for them. So even before you're asking what their budget is, you should be asking more event, more questions about the event, more questions about the client, um, doing research on the person that you're talking to, if you can, before you talk, or if not afterwards, before you're presenting. But it's not only about budget. It's the type of event because that talks about the what they might expect from you in terms of your client service and your... Um, your client service before the event, all of the stuff that goes into site visits and meetings and diagrams and um, all of that depends on your event. So go listen to the other IG live about do you need different rates? And that's why I'm saying with the budget, before you ask a budget, try to determine what type of event this is first. Um, hey, Malena, Malena Oksanen. Um, cool. So I see a question, Snarky Spice. I'm going to flag that and get back to that in a second. Actually, I'm going to read it out loud. Let me see. If an agency contacted you and won't say who the client is, just corporate, what questions can you ask to get a sense of what they want? Okay, great. Um, I'm going to flag that. I'm going to come back to that in, I'm going to kind of wrap that into the final question that I have, which is what to do if you can't get any info on the entertainment budget. So I'm going to come back to that one. But so we kind of talked about like, why would you ask for a client's budget? It's going to help you determine what to what to know to present to them, right? That's, in my opinion, the most important reason. So tips for how to ask for the budget, like how do you say what your budget is to hopefully get some information that's going to help you. So I like to state, like if you have a minimum, I like to, before you ask them what they're going to be able to spend, then you can tell them what your pricing is, right? So if you have an event minimum, you can say like, oh, you know, our event minimum is such and such. Um, our entertainment typically ranges between this price and this price. If you have a really wide range, this even shows them why it's even more important to learn the budget. Because if you can say, you know, our minimum is $1,000. And we literally have packages that start at 1000 and go up to 40000 So I like to know budget so that I can know where to start. So I can present ideas that are going to be closer to your budget range. 
You know, you can say things like that. Another way to ask for the budget is to give them a range. Sometimes people are afraid to say a number. Um, so you can say like, okay, great. I know that budgets are always changing. Would you say that you're looking for something in the price range of $1,000 to $3,000 or $3,000 to $8,000, $8,000 to $10,000 or, you know, $15,000 and above? I just kind of made those numbers up, but we actually had great budget ranges in our inquiry form. So people just get to click a little button. So give them ranges because that helps people when they're like, oh, I don't know what my budget is. And you're like, okay, great. You know, are we talking about like one to $3,000? And then they'll be like, oh, no, no, we're closer to eight. Or they'll be like, oh, I only have $200. And then you can like save some time there and be like, oh, you know, that's fabulous. I understand our prices start at $1,000 per event. Um, is there any wiggle room in your budget? Right. So you're not going to spend time creating a whole proposal for somebody that is out of out of your budget range. So that's a few tips for asking how to ask for the budget. And now I want to talk about something that I learned. So when we ran animate objects, I just realized I forgot to introduce myself. I'm assuming if you're following, you know, I'm Eileen, she, her pronouns, chief inspiration here at Circus Boss. But I used to, for 15 years, I ran uh, an award-winning event entertainment company called Animate Objects Production. So a lot of what we teach are strategies that we learned, my wife Brock and I, while we ran the company. So in the last couple of years of running Animate Objects, I actually went online and, and got some certifications and learned how to be an event planner as well. So I was actually working with clients planning the whole entire event. And when I did that, I also had to ask other vendors for their pricing. So I got to be on the other side of things. And also I got to work with directly with the client and understand the full budgeting process. So this, these are areas where I feel like performers aren't as familiar with how it works. And so I want to spend some time on this today because the reality is sometimes so the person contacting you actually doesn't know the budget. They don't know it because sometimes the client won't reveal it or sometimes they don't know it. Um, a lot of times an event budget can come from last year's budget. So if it's a new event, they might not have a starting point. So they might be starting the process by contacting vendors to figure out what their rates are and start to put that together to then create a budget. Okay, so that's one reason why they might not have a budget. It's not that they're trying to withhold any information from you. They're literally trying to build their budget based off what they want to have at their event. That's an ideal situation, by the way. That's actually a good reason to not have a budget because then they can make their budget based on your rates and based on what you can show them. So that's one reason why you might not get the budget. Another is that it's this, they might have an overall budget and say, okay, our overall budget is 100,000, but they don't know how much money, how much of that budget is allocated to entertainment until they figure out all the other costs. So their planners are in the process of getting quotes from all these different vendors and then, okay, well, we've got $100,000. We need to divide it between all of these vendors. Well, we know we got to have the venue. We know we got to have catering, but, oh, we don't need to have this extra thing from catering. Let's take some of that money and move it to entertainment. So the budget changes a lot. And every time they add people, if the guest count goes up or the guest count goes down, that changes the budget. So I've I've seen some people like wait and stall 
in the proposal process because they're like, well, I don't know how much money they have. I'm, I'm waiting to get a number. Um, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. What if that happens? But the reason that that happens is because it's literally sometimes I saw a budget change like five times in one day. And so if you're not getting that budget and they honestly are like, I don't know, and you've tried the ranges, um, just know that it's because that's the nature of the beast. And again, sometimes the person contacting you doesn't even have that information. So if you can just know that, understand that, and find a way to move past that and move forward, um, then that's going to help you be in the budget. Um, so I want to check some of these questions now. Hey, David Dream, David's Dream Factory. Hey, David, good to see you here. Thanks for joining. Um, okay, so I'm going to go back and I have one last point. What to do if you can't get the budget? I have some tips on that but I want to read some of these questions. So if an agency contacted you and won't say who the client is, they're just saying corporate, what questions can you ask to get a sense of what they want? So one thing is to see if you can find out the venue. So is it because you're trying to get a sense of what is the type of event? This goes back to last week's IG live as well. <clears throat> so trying to get a sense, ask what the venue is, which as an entertainment provider, you have every right to know what the venue is because can you do rigging in there? Can you do fire? Like what entertainment fits in the venue? And then go online and look at the venue and get a sense. Is this an upscale venue or is this like super low budget? You know, um, that can help you get a sense of what, what the scope is. Most of the time, corporate event, it's going to be in that upscale range. Some may be luxury, some may be below the upscale and be more like mid-scale, but most corporate events are going to be in that upscale range. So that just the clue for corporate should should clue you in because part of the what 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 rates and what offerings should I offer this client are based on where's the money coming from. So if it's a if it's um <clears throat> excuse me. If it's a community event, they're selling tickets or they're doing grant writing, that's extremely different than if the money is coming from a corporation. Okay, so that's a different price set there. So that's one way, Snarky Spice, is to ask about venue. That'll tell you a lot. Um, and then this is what I was trying to... <laughs> Snarky Spice says, this is what I was trying to do and bro wouldn't give an inch. Thank you for confirming my process. Yes. And it's all about how you ask the questions. You know, don't preface this like, oh, I'm asking these questions because I need to figure out what to charge you, you know, like that's going to make them feel defensive and that you're not being transparent with your pricing. It's more about you're trying to figure out what entertainment is going to be the best fit for them, for their guests, for the venue. Those are the reason that you're asking these questions is because you want to bring your best creative thoughts and your best creative ideas to your proposal. Um so if they don't have a budget, this is also a snarky spice question. If they don't have a budget, is it weird if they never ask you your rates? Sometimes. So most of the time people want to know your rates. <clears throat> but sometimes when people are in the early, early ideation phase of an event, they may not have a budget and they may not be worried about your rates. They, it depends on who, who they is, who you're speaking with. But let's say it's an event planner. They may just be in the concept phase of saying like, oh, here's the concept. Here's the world we want to build for you before even worrying about numbers. And again, that's a good place to be. 
um, because then you get them sold on what you do before you've actually shown, shown your pricing. I am an advocate of showing your pricing as you're doing this process, but if they specifically say we don't need to do a price, one way you can prepare them is to give them a ballpark. Okay, so you can give them a ballpark range of, oh, typically um, a 25-minute show is $12,000. Or when we've done a 15-minute uh, show in the past, it was $30,000. Here's an example. So you're giving them a few ideas um, of a ballpark range, but explain you're not locked into any numbers until you actually know more about the event and give them a full proposal. Did that help, Snarky Spice? Um, DJ Brockstar says, and knowing the venue will also help you know what's possible. Absolutely. Because you don't want to pitch Ariel, um, I don't know, like your Ariel Silks duo or your trapeze duo and then find out it's 11 foot ceilings with no rig point. Um, hey, Carmel Clavin, thanks for joining us. So we're talking about rates. Snarky Spice says, yes, thank you. Awesome. So we're talking about, no, we're not talking about rates. We're talking about budget. Do you need to know your client's budget? So I went through a bunch of stuff, I think, the last little bit that I want to share is around what to do if you can't get any any information on the budget, where it's just this this loop. You've told them what your minimum is. You've told them some ranges of what your prices are. They've you've offered them ranges to say is your budget between this range and this range, and they're still like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, so my first piece of advice in this moment is get your numbers in. Don't wait. And the reason is because it is a moving target. It is an evolving process. And they might be in that stage where they literally don't have a budget. So if you can get your numbers in, your pricing to them, then they might be able to allocate that much or more in the budget. So I've seen a lot of performers in that stalling phase where they're like, well, I don't know what to present. And I've been there myself. I don't know what to present. I don't know if this is a $5,000 event or a $40,000 event, right? Those would be really different things I would present. But if you wait until they know their numbers, that means they've decided we're only spending $10,000 or we're only spending $1,000 on entertainment. So if you can't get any information, get some numbers to them. Don't wait. That's my biggest, biggest piece of advice. We talked about research. Research the client ask what company it's for, ask who, what company they're with. Are they an event planning company? Are they an entertainment agency? Look on their website, look on socials. What types of events do they do? What caliber, what style of events do they do? That can give you a sense too of where you might fit in. And then you can actually, if you know the venue, go look at the venue, see if they have their pricing online. So are they spending $1,000 for a community hall or are they spending $10,000? Or are they spending $50,000 on a venue? That should help you get a sense too. I've tried to find like the magic number of like, oh, 10% of your overall budget should be allocated to entertainment or 20%. And I can tell you honestly, in my research, I've never found such a number. And we never even found a consistent number with our clients either, because it has to do with people's preferences. We've had clients take money out of the catering budget to put more in entertainment. We've had clients cut the decor budget, not completely, but cut some money out to put more into entertainment. So this has to do with people's preferences and priorities. There's no magic number, but at least getting a sense of like, if they're spending $50,000 on their venue, they're going to be spending more than $500 on their entertainment. And if they aren't, then 
there's that that's going to raise some red flags for me on how well they're going to treat me because it's showing me their priority and their how they prioritize entertainment. So research the client, research the venue. If they mention a caterer, if they mention an AV company, just to get a sense of what are these other people charging that are going to be part of this. Um, and then always try to present three options. I mentioned this earlier, but in this sense, oh, and DJ Brockstar says, and don't be afraid to show your expertise. Right. Like, do you want to expand on that thought? I'll let you, you expand on that thought while I talk about this next one. Present three options within a wide range. So let's say I'll start with, if you're just a solo performer, maybe you do some, you have a roving character maybe, or a living statue, right? And then you have like a ground act and you have an aerial act. Well, present an option. Here's my living statue, package one. Here is my ground act and living statue, package number two. Here's my ground act, living statue, and aerial act, package number three. So it's all how you present it. Even if you only have three options, you can come up with different ways of presenting them. When you don't know the budget, my advice would be to go as extreme as you can with your price differences to show them, here's what $2,000 will get you. Here's what $8,000 will get you. Here's what $30,000 will get you. So then they can be like, whoa, okay, wait, we don't need the 30,000. We're looking more at that 8,000. So then they get a sense of what they're getting because that's the other part of them when people say they don't know budget is because if they're new to booking entertainment or they're new to hiring you, they might have no idea what $1,000 will get them. So how can they tell you, oh, we only have $1,000, but they were expecting a 10 person show. And I've definitely had that happen before. So showing them this is an example of what this price point will get you can help them start to narrow the conversation in. So those are my thoughts. Those are all my thoughts. And there was a lot there. So hopefully you can go back on the replay. But I'm going to follow up. Uh, Brock jumped in and said, if you know you have an entertainment act that corporate clients love or an entertainment package that is super popular, you can say so. This is great. Thank you for, for adding that, Brock. When someone doesn't have a budget, then you can say, oh, you know, you mentioned that you're doing an awards gala. One of our favorite things to do at awards gala that the clients love is to do this bow and arrow act with whoever the winner, the, the premium, like whoever won the highest award, we actually get them on stage and they hold the target. And then we have a contortionist that does foot archery. They get in balance on their hands. They shoot the bow and arrow as the winner, you know, holds the, the target. So it's super interactive and it, it makes them feel special. Not only did they win the award, now they got to be part of the circus act. So you're giving them an idea and then you can say, oh, and so like that act is $1,500. Um, we can add on to that and add entertainment before and after, right? And that, so it just gives them a little bit of an anchor. Um, or Brock, Brock said, our corporate clients really enjoy our aerial champagne pouring to start the event. It's a great icebreaker. It really helps, you know, you know, you want to give people, say this is a fundraiser, you know, you want to give people alcohol before you start asking them for money. So this way they get alcohol they get wowed from an aerialist and they get, it's a great photo op that they're going to post and then everyone's going to want to come to your fundraiser next year, right? Thank you for that, Brock. So don't be afraid to bring your expertise in because then again, being in that place where they don't have a budget can actually be a really good place because if you get your numbers in before all the other vendors, 
and you really wow them and show them how what you have is going to make set their event over the top, then they'll be like, oh, dude, this this is going towards entertainment. We've got to cut back on the amount of couches that we planned over here in the lounge because I really want to have this now. So see that as a gift if they don't offer you a budget, um, not a, a something to stall. And Brock says, you know more than you think you do. And this is true. Um, if you can just take some time to, to reflect, maybe when you're going through photos or videos, reflect on some events. And maybe it's been a while because of the pandemic. Maybe go back to 2019. But go back and look at some of your events. And like, just take notes. What worked? What made your clients really happy? What did they talk about afterwards the most? What really helped elevate the event? And like, start to talk about that when you're having these conversations with clients. Use that in your marketing. Talk about what works. And then you'll start to be recognized not just as the cool entertainment provider, but a helper, a collaborator, an expert that can help make their event that much better. So those were all my thoughts on do you need a client's budget? We went in a lot of different directions with that. And there's a lot of a lot of nuggets here. You can go back and watch the replay or listen again on the Circus Boss podcast. I'll be posting this up there. But before we go, um, do we have any more questions? Did I answer all of your your thoughts and your questions and concerns on this? Um, feel free to drop anything else you have on this topic in the chat. Um, hey, Circa Perform, we are actually just wrapping up. But if you have a question on do you need a budget, and how do you get a budget? And why do you need a budget from a client? And what to do if you can't get the entertainment budget? You can drop it in the chat right now and I'll answer it. So Snarky Spice says, you covered a lot. Thank you. Yes, that's great. That's great. I'm so glad. Um, I had an idea for next week. It might revolve around, do you share your pricing or not? Right? How do you handle your pricing? Do you have it on your website? Do you have it in a price sheet you send to everyone automatically? Like, how if I've ta I've talked about maybe you want different rates for different types of events and different people, different offerings. And now I'm talking about like, how do you get a budget? So what do you do? What are best practices and how to share your budget? And there's sorry, how to share your rates. There are lots of uh, thought processes around that and, and strategies. So I'm just going to share what worked for us and what I what I found useful when I was in the event planner role. I can share all that next week. Um. I think that's it. Unless anyone has any other questions, I'm going to go ahead and say thank you for joining us. And if you ever have ideas, oh, we're just wrapping up. Okay, wait. I think in my circumstance, the agent was very shady and I'm trusting my gut, but now I know how to vet better in the early stages. Great. Because Snarky Spice told me that um, she was asking budget and someone said, oh, that's not how it works. And I said, well, that's a little condescending. Um, because sometimes budget is known and sometimes you do share budget and it can be a useful tool. So for somebody to say that's not how it works is, in my opinion, condescending and means that they don't view you as a collaborator. And I really want all of you to work with people that respect you and value what you have to offer. So I think with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up and I'm trying to make these IG lives more of a thing on a regular basis on Tuesday afternoon. Well, afternoon eastern time so um yeah i'm gonna try to make that happen look for out look for more from circus boss you can always follow the hashtag circus boss live 
I try to tag these when we go live. And I also try to put in our banner. Um, now they have on IG, if you go to the profile, there's a banner that says when our next live is, and you can click that to get a reminder. So thank you all for being here. Tune into the replay, either on Instagram or on the podcast. And um, keeping the boss that you are. <laughs>